previously on the Sojo Files. They told but even when I cleaned up that tape, I didn't see any blood. There's no blood. That's the point. All they have is circumstantial evidence, and you can't put somebody behind bars for the rest of their life on circumstantial evidence. The reason why is because circumstantial evidence is so easy to poke holes through. And, you know, people guess, you know, um, circumstantial evidence, it could be this story or it could be this story. It's questionable. You know what I mean? Hard evidence is something that's not questionable, that it's there and you can't go against it. Circumstantial evidence is like um, my word against yours. There's nobody else there to um, corroborate your story or my story, so that puts reasonable doubt you know what I mean in their head but that's the point all they have is circumstantial shit they don't have no hard evidence and if they did it would have took them this long to arrest either of us this is Chris and my prosecution of Eva Millard for killing her daughter Olivia Soto would involve everything that we know about Eva I would start by pointing out to the jury that Eva and Jordan both confirm that Eva was the last person to see Olivia alive. And then she started making noise, and I got up, and I picked her up, and I heard that it was me. Well, she was talking. No, just blah, 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 blah. She can't really talk. So I put her back down, and I gave her a bottle, and her little head was on her pillow. And then I'd come back in bed and I would just sleep. And I would remind the jury that in most cases, the last person seen with the victim while the victim's alive turns out to be the killer. I would remind them that Eva told police the reason that Olivia got quiet when Eva brought her back into the bedroom is, according to Eva, because she gave Olivia a bottle. Well, she was talking. No, just blah, 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 blah. She can't really talk. So I put her back down, and I gave her a bottle, and her little head was on her pillow. And Olivia must have been hungry, and so she got quiet once she was given the bottle. But I would remind the jury that there's a picture of a bottle full of formula on the dresser in the bedroom. Then I would remind jurors that the first words out of Eva's mouth in her interview with Detective Perry were, am I in trouble? I haven't done anything wrong. Do I need a lawyer? Okay. This next part says no promises or threats have been used against me to induce me to waive the rights listed above. With full knowledge of my rights, I hereby voluntarily, knowingly, and intelligently waive them over to answer a question. That's just basically saying I hadn't promised you anything and I hadn't threatened you to make you talk to me. Then I would review each and every time during her interview with Perry that her story changed. I'd point out how it changed, and I'd go over why it changed. Do you know where he's at right now? No, he said he was going to take a friend to Long John Silver's and come right back, but... What time was that? Eight or nine. 
explained to the jurors that Eva's story to police about being asleep until Jordan got home is an obvious lie and that based on her own phone data she was up for over an hour before Jordan got home texting and scrolling and very clearly awake like because I guess I nodded off and then woke back up and realized he wasn't home yet thinking it was really late and I texted him and actually I think I was scrolling through Facebook first on the memory and seeing a picture of Olivia's foot that was this big and Jose was kissing her toes and I sent it to Jose and Jordan and I texted Jordan and I said I'm sorry that Jose's face is in this but look how tiny her to her foot is and it was literally like this big and he was like, oh, that don't bother me, you know. And he was like, but yeah, she was really tiny and blah, blah. Then we got, I asked him if he was coming home first. Which, now I wish he wouldn't have came home first. I would play the recording of Eva admitting to Deb that the very first thing Eva did when Jordan came home and found Olivia dead was run into the bathroom snort pain pills. I always felt guilty. Like even though I kind of knew something was wrong, I still feline toward that pill. That's what I was telling you. Then I would play the part of her interview with Detective Perry, where Eva makes it very clear to Daniel Perry that she's not going back to prison. Just promise myself I never go back. I would point out that Jim Shreve, Jordan's dad, made it abundantly clear to detectives that Olivia was alive when Jordan left the house on November the 8th. With the screaming going on, I went back to crawled under the covers and went back to sleep. Then I woke up again with the screaming going on. That I thought it was her baby's. Why I was thinking this, it sounded like a kid screaming. Mm -hmm. So I thought, like I told you, that, uh, that I thought she was babysitting or something. And that's when I come out and walked on down the hall and went out to the garage. I would also make sure that the jurors understood that in order for Eva to get that cold Dr. Pepper can that Chase DeCrew found, 
In order for her to get that out of the fridge in their bedroom closet, she would have had to walk past Olivia twice. Anyone on that jury would understand that it doesn't make sense for a mother who thinks their daughter is sick. Yesterday, I mean, Jordan told me that she was puking and she had gotten up with him, he had gotten up with her and fed her sausage and blah, blah, blah. He told me she wouldn't eat because she wasn't feeling good. That was puke. Have you talked to Jose lately? I talked to him yesterday. Anyone on that jury would understand that it doesn't make sense for a mother who thinks their daughter is sick to walk past them twice without checking on them. I would make it abundantly clear that Eva was planning to flee that day, which is why she had a backpack and inside that backpack were snacks and a bloody wet wipes package. I'd also remind the jury that Eva had a history of abusing children. But most importantly, in my opinion, if I was prosecuting Eva Millard for the murder of Olivia Soto, I would just point out over and over again that her version of events between that 10-minute window from the time 911 was called to the time the police arrived at 2210 Granite Circle, what Eva says happened during that time makes absolutely no sense. Eva said she was carrying Olivia around the house. I um, picked her up and I was frantically running. That she was sticking her fingers in Olivia's bloody mouth to make sure that Olivia wasn't choking. I thought maybe she's choking. Right, right. So I was trying to, was trying to open her mouth. I was trying to, trying to see where the blood was coming from. Her mouth wasn't open. But Eva had no blood on her hands at all. Eva also put her bloody shirt in the washing machine along with Olivia's onesie. So Eva had blood on her shirt and she tried to hide that by putting it in the washing machine. But when the police showed up, she had no blood on her hands, which means she must have cleaned them which would explain the bloody wet wipe the police found in the trash, which Eva claimed to know nothing about. Why would somebody clean up the floor? Why would somebody take a baby baby wipe and clean up blood with all this? It wasn't blood, it was puke. No, we took it out. It was blood. It was puke. No, it wasn't. It was blood. Because that happened yesterday morning. That went to the, the other one. That went, that happened yesterday morning. I realized that. If she was bleeding yesterday morning, she would be dead yesterday morning. Then I would ask the jury, why would a mother who just found their child dead, why would it ever cross her mind to clean up, to clean herself up? It wouldn't. It would only cross your mind to clean up if you were trying to destroy evidence that pointed at you. And that's what Eva did. And this is, and this is on wipes that are still wet from today. That doesn't make sense. I don't know. I'm did, she clean, did she clean something up there first? They got there? I, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No. Because the only thing I cleaned up yesterday was... How about that? Did you do wipes? I don't use. 
No, sir. I would concede, yes. This is all circumstantial evidence. But it's a lot of circumstantial evidence, and most cases are decided on circumstantial evidence. You remind them of the obvious. You remind the jurors that circumstantial evidence is still evidence. And that all of this evidence points at Eva. It can't all be a coincidence. It's just statistically impossible for all of these facts to be true and Eva not be the killer. That is how I would prosecute Eva for the murder of Olivia Soto. I'm probably leaving a lot of evidence out because there's just so much stuff that points directly at Eva. And it's clear to basically anyone who takes five seconds to look at it that Eva definitely killed Olivia. But if I was given the task of prosecuting her, that is how I'd do it. And on that note, I'll leave you with this. If you were going to look at our backgrounds and accuse somebody of being guilty, who would you accuse of being guilty? Um, excuse me, me. I would accuse me of being guilty before I'd accuse him. I mean, I'm the one with 21 felonies on my record. I have a thousand felonies on my record. What's another one? So why would you believe everything else that everybody else is saying over what I have to say? She was my daughter. I was there. I know what happened.